The Providence Journal presents Nick and Bob, the college basketball podcast for Rhode Island and around the nation with your hosts, Kevin McNamara and Bill Koch. Hello and welcome to the Providence Journal's Pick and Pop podcast. It is March Madness, Championship Week, whatever else ESPN tells us it's supposed to be. But it is the heart of the college basketball season. Hello, this is Kevin McNamara in Providence, uh, getting ready to head to New York uh, alongside Bill Koch, who is also getting ready to head to New York. Bill, how are you? Kevin Mack, I am wonderful. How are you? Are you Purelled up? I am. Yes, I am uh, fresh and clean and feeling okay, despite what you might hear in my voice. Uh, that's left over from the weekend, uh, but we can get into that a little bit later. Yeah, so lovely. Well, let's, uh, you know, let's, let's start with the cheery part. You have a, uh, a wedded brother. Congratulations. I do. Uh, my brother Tom got married Saturday to his lovely wife, Donna. Uh, we had a Chamber of Commerce Day in Newport. Ooh. Um, couldn't ask for much better than 45 and sunny on an on a afternoon in March. No, really. no. Uh, I'm sure you weren't walking outside at Castle Hill or anything like that, but uh, 45, you'll, t- you'll sign up for that. I was out on the deck at Newport Beach House a couple times. Perfect. It was, it was perfect. Perfect. It was perfect. Well, congratulations to Tom and Donna. Ho- hopefully they're uh, not on a cruise. <laughs> uh, no, they actually took off last pump, night. Pump, pump, or whatever, <laughs> however we can... They that, they but, took uh, off last night on a uh, a three week honeymoon. They're doing oh. uh, a week in New Zealand, a week in Sydney, and then some time in San Francisco. Wow, pretty good. That's extensive. That's I good. like it. I like it. Mm. Uh, you know, we're going to lead off the top with a little news here. Uh, needless to say, the coronavirus is the talk of everything, and certainly the sports world as well. Um, the Ivy Madness basketball tournament has fallen victim to the coronavirus. The Ivy presidents announced Tuesday that uh, the Ivy Madness is scheduled for uh, Friday and Saturday at Harvard. Men's and women's tournaments are off. The regular season champion Yale Bulldog <clears throat> men and the Princeton women will be the Ivy's automatic Qualifiers for the uh, next week's NCAA tournament. Uh, they are not barring those teams from playing in the NCAAs. They're putting it up to uh, every individual institution to make those decisions. Uh, uh, as of now, uh, both the Big East and the Atlantic 10 tournaments are on. The Big East, uh, I've seen a recent uh, email from them. They're basically in uh, conversations with the New York Health Department. The Health Department is not... Uh, advising to stop uh, large gatherings. And uh, as long as that's the case, I think we will uh, have both the Big East and Atlantic 10 tournaments in Manhattan and Brooklyn. But, uh, Bill, it's tough not to feel badly for the players uh, of, you know, all eight teams, men and women. Uh, This is what they worked all year for. You know, and I, I know we talked about it at the time when they introduced the tournament format in the Ivy League after so long. Uh, you know how how it would just add a, another layer of intrigue to you know the end of their season, their postseason, really their regular season, because those teams that were sort of in the middle of the pack still had something to play for. Uh, now this is sort of a decision that goes back to the traditionalist view of the Ivy League, where you just sent the regular season champion to the NCAA tournament, and I I can't imagine how you know, especially just looking at the men's side, how the kids from Harvard feel. 
one game back. They, one game behind Yale, and you were going to host this. Did they split with Yale? They uh, they played them on Saturday, and to be honest with you, I stopped paying attention because I knew that you know Harvard was certainly qualified. And boy, Bill, lucky they weren't tied. No kidding. And, and you know, there's been a Ivy playoff game at the top tied numerous times in the last you know twenty thirty years. Harvard actually swept Yale this year. Oh, that's awful. Beat them twice. That's right. They won down in uh, New, uh, New Haven in the last minute. By a Last point. second uh, free throw miss. And then spanked them on Saturday by 14. Ugh. Think about that. Tough for Harvard. So Harvard misses so the NCAA the, tournament. Here's the dynamic. Because of what Brown did to them. Think about that. True. True. Brown. Brown beat them here. Brown, who is going to be left out of the Ivy League tournament on a tiebreaker with Penn because they didn't do anything against Yale. Swept Harvard. Brown swept, swept Harvard. Harvard. Yes. Uh, if Harvard beats Brown on Friday night, they have the tiebreaker with Yale. They're in the NCAA tournament. Oh, yes. Think about that. Wow. And here's the dynamic. You know, you're Harvard, uh, Tommy Amaker, you, and your AD is, you know, in the next uh, office. And you get word probably a day or two ago, hey, they're thinking about banging Ivy Madness on your home floor. Right. Uh and the number one seed is the team you've beaten twice. twice. You got to you got to feel pretty confident that you can get it done in your home gym. No question. And somebody across campus, and in other executive suites around the Ivy League says, "Sorry, it's over. It's not happening." Tough, tough, tough dynamic. It is tough dynamic. Uh, so you would think, oh well, you know, Harvard will be okay. They'll make the NIT. So here's, here's how that runs, folks. Uh, the NCAA tournament is the NCAA tournament. Right now, there are no plans to not play the NCAA tournament. Uh, I'm a little surprised that they haven't thought about maybe moving some of the regions. Um, Spokane, Washington being at the top. I know that uh, there's an outbreak in Seattle, Washington. Okay. Spokane is not near Seattle, but, uh, you know, the same state. A lot of folks would be flying into Seattle, you would think. That's uh, a good if point. If not Spokane, but there'd certainly be some travel there. Yeah. Uh, so Spokane is, uh, and by the way, Gonzaga is going to play in Spokane. No which question. Which is a joke. Right. That's It's truly like Providence wow. playing all of their games on campus and not playing any downtown. And yet the NCAA tournament, Providence would play at the Dunkin' Donuts Center. Yeah, if Duke and, and North Carolina can play in Greensboro for all these years, then why can't Gonzaga play in Spokane? Actually, they can play in Raleigh. Why can't Dayton play in Cleveland? Well, it's going to be the same thing. It's an hour away. Eh. This is their home town. Eh. But anyways, hopefully I never see Spokane, but oh, sorry, uh, Spokane. <laughs> but but uh, you, the, you just insured, by the way, that you're going to Spokane. I know. In the 8-9 game, and Gonzaga's totally waiting. Absolutely. Uh, yes. Um, but the NCA also runs the NIT. So here's the question that was posed by Mr. Koch before we began here, and I, I can't agree more. Pretty easy just to say there's no NIT this year. There's no way they're playing the NIT. I would be absolutely stunned if they play the NIT. 32 teams, right? Right. Is it now? So that's uh, 16 venues that they have to worry about. Yep. Um, on campuses. On campuses. Uh, m- most on campuses. Maybe they say, you know, we don't want to be on campuses because, you know, is it a lot of campuses around the country right now in the last couple of days have said, uh, we're not going to have classes on campuses anymore. Right. We're going to do it virtually, uh, you know, uh, online, et cetera. After spring break, telling the students don't even come back to campus. Um, so then do you have, you know, 
uh, you know, uh, Syracuse play at UConn. Right. You know, at Gamble Pavilion when there's no class that day. Right. Probably not. You I know? wouldn't think so. I mean, and boy, I think our friends at the NCA, Danny Gavitt and whatnot, would say, whew, we don't have to worry about the NIT. Boy, that would be great. Plus, you know, let's be serious. We're, we're talking about the NIT. It's a second-tier tournament. Um, you know, it's a tournament that traditionally isn't going to pack the building, draw fans, uh, you know, do big TV ratings, anything like that. Uh, you watch Providence play Arkansas in the NIT most recently. Um the Friars and their fans couldn't have been more disinterested. Not a lot of passion. In that game. Not a lot of passion at the dunk. There's nothing. Yeah. Uh, you know, because what it is, is the not invited tournament. It's it's a bunch of teams who got close to the NCAAs but didn't get in. And they, and, watch, and, match, they watch March Madness on TV, but it's nothing close to that level of games. How about this dynamic? They have the NIT, first round, second round, third round. <clears throat> then it's time for the real NIT, the final four at the Garden, and the Garden says... No large gatherings. Right. Then what do you do for right. the NIT? I, I just don't see any way that they end up playing the NIT this year. That's that's a hunch, but it's based on you know what's going on right now, the current environment in sports, and, and what we've seen in terms of some of the decisions made, whether it be by municipalities or conferences or whoever it may be. I, I just cannot see them playing what really, if, if we're being honest, are non-essential basketball games. Yeah, I think the NCAA has their fingers crossed that everything's going to go okay uh, You know, for the three weeks that they run the big tournament. To worry about a secondary tournament at the same time is uh, probably something that they could skip, but we'll see. We'll see. Uh, you know, Money-wise, it's really not a lot of money generated by uh, the tournament. Uh, the, team, the participating teams really don't make much money at all. I think it might be a loser for some teams. For, if they don't draw, it is. Right. Yeah. Um, so, but anyways, enough NIT talk. Please. Uh, this is conference tournament week. Please. Uh, we're looking at uh, cashing some NCAA tournament tickets. Uh, Providence College will be going to the NCAA tournament, and, and we'll get to the surging friars in a minute. But we're going to start with the A-10 and the roadie Rams, who will go to Brooklyn. Uh, I think Bill and I both think to, they need to win the Atlantic 10 tournament to uh, to get into the NCAs. They're 21 and nine. They finished 13 and five in the league, which is really impressive, and it's not enough. Um, uh, you know, by all brackets, uh, the Rams are on the outside looking in. Uh, they are the third seed. They'll play Friday night at Barclays Center against uh, most likely Duquesne. Duquesne faces Fordham or George Washington on Thursday. Um, Bill, uh, what do you think of the Rams' draw? And if the Rams were to win, they would be likely matched up with the two-seed Richmond on Saturday in a semifinal game. Well, first and foremost, you avoid Dayton until the final. So, major win there because mm-hmm. those guys are a wrecking machine. They finished 18 and 0 in the league. They've won 20 games in a row. Um, and realistically, if you need the auto bid, if you can't play your way into an at large, you may as well wait until the final to play Dayton. No question. Maybe somebody knocks them off. Uh, I do like the fact that they would be playing Duquesne and not Davidson, who ended up being the number seven seed. Uh, I think that's a much more difficult matchup for URI. Uh, and if the seeds hold, they would play Richmond uh, in the quarterfinals. I, I think URI is much better off playing Duquesne, who they handled pretty easily at home, uh, 77-55 back in January. That was part of their 10-game winning streak. Uh, and that was a game that 
you know, really only Marcus Weathers played well. He had 20 points. Everybody else was pretty dreadful for Duquesne. Um, you know, you or I played a great second half in that one and, and just pulled away. Um, you know, then you, you figures you play Richmond or, or you play Davidson in the semifinals. Uh, Richmond, you lost to at home very early in the year. That was coming off the Brown loss as well. Uh, you know, had a really poor offensive effort, especially in the first half. Um you know, and then Davidson, you lost in overtime on the road in a game that you played poorly in the first half and, and played uh, catch-up the rest of the way. Um, you know, what I really hope, Kevin, is that Rhode Island uses the time off. Uh, they come off this win at UMass, 64-63, a game that they needed two late free throws by Fats Russell to, to pull out. Uh, I, I hope that they use the time off to rest, to get healthy. And ultimately, you know, try to make a run here uh, in the Atlantic 10 tournament. They've played in the semifinals in each of the last three years. Uh, you know, they're only one win away from a fourth straight year of that. Having the double bye is huge. I think we saw last year when they played St. Bonaventure in the semifinals, they were a little bit out of gas uh, after beating VCU the day before. Um, and I just think that, and I hope that the rest of the roster will rally behind the two seniors, Jeff Doughton and Cyril Langevin, and try to send them off where they belong, and that's in the NCAA tournament. Well, it was funny. I was on uh, the little TV thing with Yanni Caracas at Channel 12 yesterday, and he asked me the same question. What do you think about the Rams, and could they make a run? And, you know, I, I know he's been up and down, but uh, I do think he's the most explosive guard in the league. Uh, I think Fats Russell could step up uh, on a stage like the Atlantic 10 tournament. Um, uh, Bill, I didn't see the game against Richmond. They are guard strong. Uh, defensively, they're, they're a very good team. Um, I'm not going to overlook Duquesne because I think uh, they've had a good season as well and, and certainly are dangerous. But hmm. uh, let's just worry about, let's skip ahead and just assume that Fats plays well against Duquesne and leads Rhode Island to a win. Uh, can he do the same against Richmond? Well, they were competitive against them. Uh, you know, it, it was a time where you know, I don't really think they – I think they got taken by surprise a little bit by Richmond. I think Richmond was a little better than they thought. Uh, you know, Nathan Cayo played the game of his career at 19 points and 11 rebounds. That wasn't necessarily something that, that anybody saw coming. I also think that Richmond was a little bit of a new look with Blake Francis, the transfer from Wagner. They hadn't seen him before. Uh, he made a couple big three-pointers in that game, especially in the second half. Um, Richmond's a good basketball team. Uh, they made a good decision not to fire Chris Mooney, considering everything that he had coming back this year. You imagine that if he had been let go, all these pieces scatter to the wind, right? and you're left completely rebuilding. Uh, I, I think he's shown that when he has talent, uh, he's a good coach. He knows what he's doing. Yes. And, and, you know, knocking on the door of a NCAA tournament uh, at large berth, they remain clearly in the mix they probably need to beat Rhode Island. I think if Richmond makes the A-10 finals, they will be in the field. Now, whether or not that means they end up having to go to Dayton or whatever, but I think they will be in the 68. Right now, if you look at bracket matrix, they're the second-to-last team in. Uh, mm. Cincinnati would be the final at-large team to get in. Um, you know, But Richmond is in that mix. There's no question. They're one of these teams that's rooting for the one seeds in the smaller conferences. Uh, they do not want a bid stealer of any kind. Uh, you know, But I, I seriously think that if Richmond is able to win two games uh, at Barclays Center, 
get to the A-10 finals, I think they got a pretty good shot of being at the worst in Dayton. So Ram fans might say, you know, why them? Why not us? And I'm looking at their team sheet right now. Richmond, uh, 24 and 7. Uh, they have three quad one wins, uh, six in quad two, uh, quad one and two. Uh, their three quad one wins include uh, the win at Rhode Island. Uh, they also won at Davidson and a really impressive 10 point win over Wisconsin. Uh, that's really what Rhode Island is missing is one of those neutral court. You know, they had a couple chances against, like, LSU. Mm-hmm. Uh, they went on the road at West Virginia. Uh, you put either one of those teams, uh, either one of those games in URI's uh, win column, and I think they're still in the mix here, uh, kind of in the same spot as Richmond. They would look very much like Richmond. Uh, Richmond only has one loss uh, outside of quads one and two that they lost by uh, 15 points against Radford, who's a good team. But... Um, the A-10 tournament is all about Dayton. Uh, the doors swung open to a one seed for the Flyers over the weekend. San Diego State lost in the Mountain West Championship to a very good Utah State team. Uh, I think that's going to knock San Diego State out of the one line. And Dayton, if they were to sweep through the A-10, which is really too bad for everyone in the league because you'd like for the Flyers to maybe you know, not have anything to play for. They have a lot to play for. And... Now, I wouldn't say the one, a one seed is, is you know any better than a two seed in the drawer, but mentally, it's a huge difference. No and, question. And I can tell you that uh, Obi Toppin and Jalen Crutcher and those guys, that, first of all, I think they can win the national championship. I think they're that good. Um, and to be a one seed is, you know, it's just it's unparalleled. It's, a, it's such an unbelievable achievement uh, for a, a school like Dayton. Yeah, they've had a great season, and 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 they would be full value for it. Uh, you know, I mean, you you look at what they've done <clears throat> over the course of the year. Uh, you know, I go back to the start of the year, playing in Maui. They had Kansas on the deck, sure, uh, in Lahaina, and and you know that was a, a classic, an overtime game. I'd love to see that one again in the national championship game. Mm. Uh, you know, that one was a lot of fun. I, I remember watching it. Um, you know, right now you're looking at. According to Bracket Matrix, the one seeds would be Kansas and Baylor, two Big 12 teams, Gonzaga and Dayton, two teams from outside the Power Five plus Big East. Baylor better keep winning, by the way. They've lost, I think, two out of three down the stretch here. And they have some holes in their resume. So I think Dayton is as high as two overall. Could be. I saw Gonzaga last night. I hadn't watched Gonzaga in a while. All they could do. To get by San Francisco, it was a great game. Yeah, all it was a great could. game. San Francisco, and then BYU St. Mary's as well was a good game right after that. I fell asleep on that one. I know Mr. Koch goes a little deeper than than I do, but uh, I tried. I, I didn't even make halftime. The the West Coast Conference is a three bid league. No, and three no, good teams. Very good. Yeah, I would not want to play any of those three. I agree. I, I had thought that BYU was one of my real sleepers. Uh, St. Mary's has to be an excellent defensive team. That was a 53-52 game. Uh, very low like scoring, that. very so, tough. Uh, they have All three teams have very good size and good shooting. So you're right, uh, no one wants to see those West Coast Conference teams. Uh, Bill, before we jump, um, let me hear your Atlant- All-Atlantic 10 first team. And I think I know who your player and coach are in the Atlantic 10. Sure. Uh, you know, I put these out on Twitter yesterday. Uh, you know, I'm, I, and, and I admitted, you know, I am 
Above all else, I'm partial to teams that win. Uh, you know, I think that they deserve the share of the awards, the all-conference teams, whatever it may be. Um, you know, and so with that in mind... I'm going to stop you here. Go ahead. You're only allowed five. Uh, no, I only did five. Last time I checked, basketball is a five-man game. I only game. did five. I, I received a lot of emails in the last couple of days with uh, all league teams from around the country. The Pac-12, 13, 16, whatever the hell it is. Yeah. They have 10 guys in the first team. 10. 10 guys in the second team. Really? Really. I, I didn't know that that's the way things so operate. They play 10 but on I 10? think they just want to make sure everyone's happy. Why don't you just add one more guy and have a football game? You could play 11 against 11. Well, the only reason they're big is because of football, so God bless them. No, it's ridiculous. So, five. Who are your five? Pick five guys and go ahead. Uh, my first team uh, would be, you know, no surprise, Obi Toppin, uh, Jalen Crutcher. I think Dayton has been so dominant, they certainly deserve two guys on the first team. Those have been the best two, uh, certainly the best player, uh, best player in the league. Obi Toppin could be the national player of the year. Uh, Crutcher is definitely their number two guy for me. Jordan Goodwin from St. Louis, uh, who I believe finished averaging a double-double on a very tough St. Louis team. Uh, I have Jacob Gilliard from Richmond, uh, who I think is probably the defensive player of the year in the league. Uh, you know, guy who led the league in steals and, and is a real pest, uh, both on defense and on offense. And then the fifth guy I have on that first team is Fats Russell. And, and I really think, you know, if you look over the entire body of work, I, I know Fats is, has struggled here the last four or five games from the field. Um, but in terms of his overall contributions here to URI's season, to what he was doing through those first 23 games when they were 18-5, and five, that's the majority of the year. I think he's been terrific. Definitely the catalyst for URI to be back in the top four of the league. Um, you know, so I think he deserves his place among those first five on the first team. I can't, I can't disagree. I, I, I think he's probably not the fifth player either. Uh, right. He's, he, he had right. that type of a dominant season uh, again not every game but who has a great game every game just right. doesn't happen no one from Richmond so Richmond probably has no, a Richmond. second Jacob Gilliard Jacob Gilliard yes. I'm sorry yes, yes. yep yep um, and the big kids had a, a good year too Grant uh, Golden Grant I Golden. had him on my second team okay yep um, you know I also had Hassan French from St. Louis uh, Marcus Weathers from Duquesne, Ryan Daly from St. Joseph's, who, you know, even though the Hawks were were terrible and clearly transitioning, that kid can play. Uh, you know, I don't care what team he's on or wherever else. And then the last guy I had would be Trey Mitchell, uh, who I think is the rookie of the year in the league. Yep. Uh, you look at what he did in two games against Rhode Island and, and really against everybody else. He he was superb. Uh, I don't expect him to last four years uh, in Amherst, and I don't think he's transferring either. I think he's going to the big league. Well, I'm gonna, I'm going to stop you on the transfer part, but we'll we'll see, we'll see. Uh, he, he, I, I like him. I, he, I, I he's going to transfer. He can be a pro. He's he, going to transfer to the G League. Is what I'm saying. Okay, I got you. I mean, he could transfer a quote up uh, for one and then move on. If I was him, I, I might not risk being exposed if he transfers to Purdue. You know, I mean, just. Take your 20 points and 11 rebounds at UMass and say, I'm ready for the league. He's going to transfer to the main red claws. That's where he's going. <laughs> um, yeah, I'd like to see Trey at 6'9 <clears throat> or 6'10. That's not what's going to happen. But uh, he's a talented, talented kid. In terms of the, the major awards, uh, you know, as I said, I value winning. So coach of the year, Anthony Grant from Dayton. Uh, you know, other people you might consider there, Chris Mooney from Richmond. Stop. 
stop. Uh, but he's, certainly, he's, he's eighteen and zero. You know, come on. Yeah, right. Uh, player of the year, Obi Toppin from Dayton. Rookie of the year, Trey Mitchell from UMass. Sixth man, Eb oh. Watson from Dayton. Uh, I certainly think that he's the type of guy who could come off the bench and score double digits in any given night. And again, he plays for the best team in the league. So partial to them. Defensive player of the year, Jacob Gilliard. Uh, led the league in steals, was one of the national leaders in steals, uh, according to Ken Palm, by percentage. I think he's fourth in terms of uh, percentage of opposing possessions where he steals the ball. Uh, fourth nationally is nothing to sneeze at. And then the most improved player, I had A.J. Wilson from George Mason. Um, you know, <clears throat> Wilson was a guy who came off the bench last year. Uh, this year is a starter. Tripled his scoring, tripled his rebounds. Three assists to 31 this year. 90 block shots leads the league from 38 last year. Uh, so I thought he made huge jumps uh, in several categories and you know, was a really good player for the Patriots who had a, a disappointing season. Uh, you know, but otherwise, those are the major awards. Uh, those will be announced later this week. Uh, you know, Just for clarification purposes, the coaches vote on the season-ending awards. The media has... No say, no vote. Uh, a lot of times this gets a little politicized, so don't be surprised if you see an odd result or two, uh, especially on the all-conference teams. Uh, we'll transition now to uh, the Big East, and you know, I'll, I'll go right off the top to continue with the awards before we talk about the Friars. Um, uh, five all-league Big East players will go with... Uh, Miles Powell, Seton Hall, Marcus Howard, Marquette, Kamar Baldwin, uh, Butler, Tyshawn Alexander, Creighton, Sadiq Bay, Villanova. Now those are official, right? The, those have been announced. They they do six. These are not the Kevin Mack. Uh, Th- these are Kevin Mack. Oh, okay. No, okay, these good. are Kevin Mack. Uh, the Big East does six, and yep. joining that group was Najee Marshall of Xavier. Okay. Uh, my second team would be Najee Marshall of Xavier, uh, Marcus Zagorowski, Creighton, Colin Gillespie, Villanova, uh, Tyreek Jones, uh, Xavier, and strangely enough, Alpha Diallo from Providence. Right. Uh, he also made the official uh, Big East second team. Yep. Uh, certainly, Alpha was key in the uh, rally of the Friars down the stretch here to get them uh, the four seed in the Big East Tournament. Uh, the Big East Tournament does start on Wednesday with uh, two play-in games. Sorry, I call it a play-in game, but it's some play-in games. It is. The quarterfinals uh, are Thursday. Providence plays the second game at about 2.30 against Butler. Uh, you know, really interesting situation, needless to say, has developed for the Friars. They've gone to the Big East Tournament how many times? You know, do they need to win one? Are they all set? Well, now they're all set. And uh, uh, it's funny. Someone asked uh, Ed Cool yesterday, you're playing with house money. How do you approach the Big East tournament? He, he didn't like that term at all. So <laughs> I, 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 th- I think in his mind, he just wants to keep winning and, and see where the chips fall on Selection Sunday. But, um, Bill, at uh, 12 and uh, – I'm sorry, 19 and 12 overall, 12 and 6 in the league, uh, I, I've kind of transitioned from, wow – the Friars have rallied. They've come together. They've won six in a row, uh, seven of nine to uh, close the Big East season. Yes. Now it's time to flip the page and see what they can do in March. And the Big East tournament is is certainly uh, a noble 
crown to chase. Mm-hmm. But they're going to be in the NCAA tournament, and I think it's time for the Friars to win some games in the NCAA tournament, and we'll talk next week about where they stand there and what their matchup is going to be because matchups are, are really, really important. But, um, you know, I don't want to talk about how they've come together. We've talked about that for the last three weeks. Uh, am, I, am I wrong, uh, kind of chasing a different avenue here? No, I actually think that, you know, just on the balance over 18 games, Providence fin- finally turned into who they were supposed to be. Uh, preseason, they were picked fourth, Correct. Fourth, yes. Tied tie, tie for fourth. They finished fourth. And they finished fourth. Yeah. Um, you know, now granted, they won 12 Big East games. It's the most they've ever won. Uh, they've won six in a row and eight out of ten. They've had a great surge here down the stretch. I don't deny that. They've obviously played their way into the NCAA tournament after a really rough non-conference schedule where they had some mind-boggling losses. And, you know, according to Bracket Matrix right now, they'd be an eight seed. They'd be a lot better than an eight seed if they had just beat Long Beach State or Charleston or Northwestern or, or anybody else I, who they I lost. I think you take two of those losses and flip them. They, they would have been in the top 25 most of the season. Yes. And, you know, again, I, I get it. You know, no one believed in us. But, yeah, because you played poorly. It wasn't because no one believed in you or buried you or said you can't do this or do that. That was on you. That's right. And, you know, we're going to hear a lot of that from the Friars from now until their, whenever their season ends uh, because they're going to do a lot of media. <laughs> and that's what happens in you the know, NCAA tournament. And God bless them. Uh, the, the, the turnaround is also on them, uh, and they found themselves. But, um, again, I want to see what they can do in March. Uh, you know, they rallied. They came through. They played up to their potential. They need to keep it up. They absolutely destroyed DePaul on Saturday. I know. Oh. I know. Oh. At the wedding, uh, there were a few Friar fans at the wedding who were watching that game on their phones, and they gave up on it late in the first half when Providence went up by thirty. They said, "This one's over. <laughs> we're putting this one in the column." I think the Demons did too. Holy smokes! Yeah, and, and this is a team that had won their previous game. They they just beat uh, Marquette. The Providence beat by one on the road. <sighs> I don't know. Now they beat them by 38 at home. Yeah. So, yeah, okay, the Friars are playing better. There's no two ways about that. So now um, the Friars play Butler, uh, split with the Bulldogs. Uh, Second game win on the road ended up being a really, really important victory. That started the renaissance here. It did. They had lost uh, three in a row and four of five. They went on the road and beat Butler and then came home and beat Creighton. Uh, and those two games really did turn the season around a little bit. Uh, I will say, and, and it was big at the time and will be big heading into this game, point guard Aaron Thompson did not play for Butler in the game out in, in, at Hinkle Fieldhouse. Uh, he's back. He's playing well. Uh, he's a problem. And uh, the combination of him and Kamar Baldwin uh, helped them win their season a regular season closing game, last second three-pointer by Baldwin, who, who's a real problem. They might have stuck the dagger in Xavier in that one, too. They've got some work to do here coming to Madison Square Garden. And yeah, both Xavier and Marquette, uh, I see as, as true bubble teams. Uh, Marquette, for some reason, people think is totally in. No one in the country is playing worse than the Golden Eagles down the stretch. And yet, you know, they're 26 in the net, and they probably did enough before this losing skid to get in. Uh Xavier's better right now, and it's not close. But uh, you know, we'll see what the uh, 
what what breaks coming out of the Big East tournament. You know, and to Ted Cooley's point, uh, you know, and, and Marquette is going to run into this problem, especially if they lose their first game at Madison Square Garden. Uh, Providence playing for a seed here. Yep, and, oh, yeah. and they have a pretty good draw in this tournament. Uh, you know, Butler has won their last three games. Uh, they've sort of salvaged what was their own little skid. They had dipped to seven and eight in the Big East, uh, you know, before winning their last three. That's a team that Providence split with. They won on the road. Uh, they were offensively challenged at home, couldn't make a shot in the first half, mm. fell behind and lost. Um, but that's certainly a team that you can take care of. And in that half of the bracket, you have Creighton as the one seed with a major problem going in. Yeah, no Marcus Zagorowski. Right. Uh, he, he injured his knee in the season op- season closing win over Seton Hall. That gave them uh, a tie for the Big East title. Uh, I think they're still celebrating out at Creighton, by the way. Did you hear what happened after the game? No, what'd they do? Uh, it, it wasn't the L.A. Lakers with balloons and streamers, but it was pretty close. Really? They unfurled a championship banner. Oh, did they really? Didn't go over well with Seton Hall. Oh, I can imagine who's not. Co-champions. Ooh. They're not champions, but it's a big celebration out in Omaha, Ooh. and, and but it was a little, little bit much. Kevin Willard isn't exactly Mr. Sunshine anyway. He, he, I don't think he took well to it. <laughs> oh boy! But, uh, but but I would I would much rather be away from Villanova and oh, away from Seton Hall, absolutely, and playing and Xavier Butler, who Xavier has played blah. Providence really tough, right? Really tough. So I I think Providence got a good draw here. I think the door is wide open for Providence to make it to the Big East Finals, and if they do that somehow managed to win the tournament, whether it's playing Seton Hall, Villanova, Xavier in the final. I think the most important thing that the Friars would get from that is they would get out of this 8-9 game. Yeah, If they could push up to the 7 line, or maybe even the bottom of the 6 yeah, line. I, I think that their, their limit is a 6 uh, with a Big East championship. Which maybe, is such a huge difference. It's a big difference. Compared to being in that 8-9 game. 6-11, right? 6-11 or 7-10, either way. Yeah. Because you're playing, you know, you're in a, you're in an eight nine game. It's a coin flip game, and then you're playing a one seed. You're not only playing a one seed; you're playing a one seed relatively home. We've already mentioned the possibility of playing Gonzaga in Spokane. That wouldn't be pretty. No, Kansas is probably going to go to Omaha. It's really close to Kansas. Dayton and Cleveland. Dayton and Cleveland. Right. <laughs> That's the problem. Providence has had that issue before. They played North Carolina and Raleigh. Right. Tough. I mean, really hard. Right. Um, those are the games you need to avoid. Yeah, the other one seed Baylor would go to... It's up in the air, actually. It's kind of unclear. We're thinking Omaha, they could get two of them. Oh, that's uh, right. That's right. They could do which that. Which is possible. Um, and there was one Where other. St. Saint Louis. St. Louis. Yeah. Maybe. So, you know, it it's, doesn't work great maybe, for Baylor. Maybe they put Kansas and St. Louis. Me, I'd play Baylor uh, right now. They're, they're slumping a little bit. Um they don't do it for me like those other three teams do. Maybe they put Kansas and St. Louis and Baylor and Omaha. I think Kansas gets their pick. Literally can say, we'd like to go to X. And the theory is uh, they want to go to Omaha. But, but either way, you get out of that 8-9 yeah. game. That is a yeah. quagmire for anyone who's playing in the tournament. Uh, because the first game is going to be really hard. Yeah, It's going to be really it's, hard. It's, an, it's a, quote, even game. Uh, I do think this year, especially, that the 6-11s to 11s are... Relatively the same. They're all the same. There's not a big difference between those teams. But I might take it higher than that. I, I could go to the fours and the fives. These games all are going to be bloodbaths. Yeah. 
uh, it truly, matchups are really important this year, maybe you know as much as any other time because you know Providence doesn't want to see uh, you know another physical team. They want to be able to beat up on you. But uh, well, Bill Koch needs to get going. Uh, the Rhodey Rams are, have media availability in a little bit ahead of their trip to the Atlantic Ten. Uh, we've talked enough about the Friars, uh, Bill. Will we see the Rams in the Atlantic 10 final? I will say no. I'm going to say no. I think Richmond gets them. I think Richmond is just as desperate, if not more desperate, than the Rams. Uh, That will be a game to watch on Saturday afternoon. Uh, I like the Rams to beat Duquesne or whoever they play on Friday. Uh, but Richmond is that close to an NCAA tournament bid, and uh, I, I just don't think I think that defensively they're really good. Uh, that's what they do well, and they could keep Rhode Island in check. Uh, and then the Friars, I, I'm with you. Uh, as soon as I heard about Zegarowski, I think that they can be physical with Butler, and if their offense remains even close to what it's been in the last couple of weeks, I think they have enough firepower to get by Butler, and then Creighton. I, Creighton doesn't like to play against Providence. Nope. And uh, without Zegarowski, I just don't know if they'll have enough firepower uh, to keep on moving on. And by the way, watch out for St. John's against Creighton. Ooh. They just beat them by 20 Kevin points. Mack with an upset special right here? I like St. John's to beat Georgetown in a play-in game. Yeah. And then noontime Thursday, they play Creighton. They just beat Creighton by 20. And now you're taking Zegarowski away. So the Friars could end up with... St. John's. In the official pre-conference tournament uh, picks, the Jerome, Kevin Mack, as we oh, all know. Who'd you go with? I had Seton Hall beating Providence in the final. I like that. I, I actually picked Seton Hall uh, to win the Big East tournament as well. Which means it's never going to happen. If <laughs> yeah. we both have it, there's that's, no way, that's right? That's a good point. It's a good point. So we will be back next week after the NCAA tournament field is full, uh, after the potential NIT field is full, and we'll have much to to discuss. Thanks very much.